Hello and welcome to episode six of Talking Hit with Joel Pamplin. Before I introduce my amazing guest today, I will note that there's been a bit of a bigger gap between episodes this time around, and it's just purely due to me studying to get my Cert 4 done before we're out of lockdown. So once we're back, I can just get straight into that. So that's exciting. Now that's out of the way, today I have another very important person on the show, someone who, again, has been very important to my fitness journey, and that's Anna Tomlinson. How are you, Anne? Hello. Good. VIP. VIP, that's right. So <laughs> I know you well. A lot of the listeners are going to know you, um, especially if they've listened to previous episodes. We've mentioned yeah. Epic and last week with uh, last episode with Amy, we obviously really got into Epic and you came up quite a few times. But why don't you explain sort of who you are and what you do? Cool. Yeah. So I am Anna. I'm 26. Um, I obviously work at Epic Life Fitness in the Hawkesbury. Um, as a personal trainer and group fitness instructor. So I love that. I live for that. I do that every day of my life. Um, and then other than that, I just, I don't know, I love people. I love traveling. And I love doing stuff that scares the crap out of me, <laughs> which mm. you know. So that's basically me in a nutshell. Yeah, you do love traveling. So obviously with um, COVID, that's sort of been put off. But when was your last international trip? Uh, so my last trip was uh, in February last year. Yeah, so it's been a year and a half to the Philippines, okay, which is cool. so crazy as well because that was my first trip by myself. So I kind of got a taste for independence and yep. um, like scaring myself by going by myself, but then it kind of it kind of ended <laughs> and lockdown happened <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, that's over. So it's all eating inside of me because I just want to go again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fair enough. Uh, so was that the trip yeah. where you did the stuff that scared the crap out of you and is that where you went skydiving and stuff like that after uh, so skydiving and um that sort of stuff was in new zealand so a little exactly. bit earlier but yeah whale shark diving and stuff like that i think just the act of going somewhere by yourself and obviously you know to a country that isn't incredibly well off or you know so isolated from the world that's just a, a scary experience as it is yeah definitely especially going on your own yeah. without um without knowing anyone and you made friends yeah. and stuff pretty easily yeah yeah, isn't it was it? really cool. Which yeah. isn't a surprise. <laughs> oh, thanks. So we met at the gym. Um, yeah, we did. I, and we've become really good mates since then. So yeah, that's another positive outlook when it comes to fitness and doing fitness journey, totally. like the social aspect and the friends that you can make are, are pretty awesome. So we've been, we've been lucky Absolutely. that we've become friends and what we've been friends for like four years or something now. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while been a long time but when we met at the gym um I was only really really early in my fitness journey and there are very few people that I can credit to having a huge role in my fitness journey and you would have to be one of them like you have changed my life in the best way possible so you need to like people in your role need to understand how how much of a huge change they can have in people's lives and like I dropped a very unhealthy lifestyle and I'm now yeah. in the in the fitness industry myself because of people like yourself. So I just think that's really awesome. Oh, yeah, thank you. And that's and that's the that's the amazing thing about it is you you do you do open you up to, uh, open yourself up to a whole lot of people that you probably never would have met otherwise, you know, like everyone that comes to the gym in normal walks of life, they wouldn't meet each other, but you know, you have a common ground and you come together and 
you develop an incredible, you know, relationship from that. And then obviously, yeah, with us, we're, we're friends outside of the gym now and, and we do, every, you know, everything and anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like it's such a um, just it's not highlighted enough how no the social no. aspect and the positivity that can come from from training in a gym both as a Absolutely. trainer and as a as a participant totally and that's and that's what a lot of people you know come to the gym for obviously a lot of it is just so social context and you know and for their mental health and and just connecting with other people yeah definitely i know um for yeah. a long period in time like it was the most social that you would have that i would have in my life would be going to the gym because you work and you do stuff like that but it gives you an hour where you're doing something that's not only good for yourself but you're making friends and you do you're um just having a social part of your day that isn't work and that isn't bad for you either which is really really good yeah totally totally so when did your fitness journey start yeah so i became a pt in 2015 so okay that's over six years now um and it's it's such a funny thing because uh, like as a child and and all through school and stuff you know, every sports carnival, I had that off. Like, do not put me in any sport at all, which is, was not my forte. Like, it just scared me. Obviously, like, some team sports and stuff like that, but honestly, the bare minimum. Yep. And um, and, and school carnivals are just a guaranteed day off, like, thanks, mum, kind of thing. And so, yes, I honestly had nothing to do with sport. But then it wasn't until, oh, when was I? Like, 1920, I started going to a boot camp in a park, and that was just because one of my friends – like who I was working with was just like, oh, do you want to come and train? She obviously didn't want to go by herself and it's a lot easier when you have someone else to go with. Yep. And I went along and then that was kind of the beginning of everything, you know. I just went from training, like obviously thought I was a total badass at the time with, you know, my new one kilo weights and stuff. Yep. But I totally vibed and I thought this is the best thing ever and have my little weights that I took to the park three nights a week and, and then that was that. And then, yeah. yeah, and then once I did that, obviously, I started studying PT. But also, when I started studying it, I, I didn't have in my head I want to become a PT. I knew I liked it, but I never thought I'd obviously have the confidence to teach. So I was, when I was studying it, I was like, if anything, this is going to be good knowledge for me. Yep. Like, I don't know where it's going to go, but I know I like it, so I'm just going to go with that. And I didn't have any expectation. And then the way that it kind of just went, uh, here I am now and you know it's what I live and breathe mm, and I, I find it interesting as someone who's gone to your classes and obviously trains with you whether it be yeah in your classes or trains together um that you thought that you wouldn't be confident enough for it because you you just you oh. run a, like when you're in front of a class you you're in your element and you run them so yeah you're definitely confident enough yeah <laughs> and it's you know that's just it just comes down to obviously as you know how much you can change in the span of five years or so and certain experiences that you go through and stuff that obviously make you more confident and you just got to back yourself and be like, no, I'm, I got this. And yeah. And then the rest is history. Now I'm just say whatever I like and <laughs> teach my little heart away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's been, like you said, it's nothing comes overnight, but you've definitely um, oh, no. built up that confidence, which is, which is pretty amazing. So since, yeah. Since um, you started sort of getting into fitness, have, have you just been straight up nonstop fit or has it come and gone? How's your relationship with your own training um, gone over that time? Yeah, so I mean, I've always, since I 
honestly, since I started at that boot camp, fitness has never left my life. I've never gone, you know, besides going overseas for a couple of months where I, I haven't even, you know, worked out at all on those times. But when I've been here, yeah, every single week it's it's on kind of thing. Um, and then as for training types, like it's never really changed too much for me, you know, boot camp style in a park. Um, and then what we do now, which is in a warehouse, which is sort of still a boot campy style, but obviously there's so many more elements to it, but it's still a, a class setting and, you know, heaps of cardio along with strength and stuff like that. So my training style hasn't changed too much and I've never, yeah, I've never stood away from it. I've never, you know, backed off from training or anything because for me, I need that mental outlet. So it's just part of my life and something that, you know, I do most days. Yeah, definitely. I think um, Amy and I spoke about it last episode, but yeah. for yourself, like we spoke about last, the mental health aspect of oh, training yeah. is just, you can't, you cannot explain in words how significant the mental health positive um, reaction is from, from training oh. and exercise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, at that point in my life too, like, you know, 18, 19 and sort of stuff that I was going through at the time and, and, you know, seeing what working out did for me, I never, you know, kind of want to live a life where I'm not moving my body really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, definitely. It's like sort of come in and out of my life, nothing over a couple of months where I wouldn't train, but um, yeah, the, the chain, the difference in myself is insane. So I would never, yeah, never do that with, without a reason sort of thing. Like I love it. So I completely agree Absolutely. with you with that. Um in that time, how have you gone with injuries? Is that ever that, has that been an issue for you at all? Um, nothing significant, to be honest. Like besides right now, where I feel like I've got eighty-year-old knees, but I feel like I'm pretty truly though. It's actually quite scary and hips and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, no, I've I've done. I'm very lucky, to be honest. Yep. But yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty good. And with your with your knees and your hips, you just sort of physio and rehab with those, or yeah, exactly right. You just kind of, uh, you know, I'm one of those people where yeah, it hurts, but I'm probably still gonna not rest. I'm just <laughs> another great thing. But you know what? Also, running a gym, it's you know, well, you know, being in that atmosphere all the time, you do realize that most people actually do have an injury of some sort. It's very rare to ever come across someone who you know, particularly even we have such a young audience, someone who isn't injured in some way or got some niggle or something happening. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is common. It definitely um, most injuries you can work for, work through and as long as you're doing the right thing and you're watching it, you, could, um, you can keep going, especially if you're training for that mental health aspect. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I've had to, yeah. I've stopped with injuries and, and the mental health that you lose, like the mental health positivities that you lose by not training. Yeah because of an injury it's just huge so i definitely think you can try and work around the injuries to be able work to keep training it. totally totally so what about with food and dieting is that anything that you've studied or worked in or um even your own personal relationship with food and food and diet how's how is that yeah so it's so interesting that like food and diet is a big thing for me um and the way that my mind works so some people do know I'm very open about it, but some people don't know. When I was 18, uh, like my mental health was suffering a whole lot and I had a lot going on in my life and it was my HSC year. And I, long story short, over the span of two years, um, 
lost a whole lot of weight and ended up with anorexia essentially um yep. really disordered eating and and that sort of thing so yeah from going from yeah so let's say two two years of my life and, and that sort of happened and that was just a matter of really mentally struggling and and obviously doing HSB and I had a lot going on but that HSC wasn't the reason there was other things going on but I had such a decrease in weight it then reached that you know that bottom line and food was such an issue and then having to put that weight back on as well so I do have very interesting views around food I suppose having been through that yep so I mean I can tell you a bit more about that I guess yeah <laughs> um, yeah definitely yeah so I, I I actually dropped to 42 kilos which is horrendously wow. low, Very low um, yeah. yeah from where I am now that's that's over 30 kilos and um obviously was so sick and and reached the point where I was about to go into into hospital they were going to put me into hospital if I didn't yep. put on any weight by the time I went to see the doctor in the next three days so that kind of scared me a lot I didn't actually think that I had a problem at all I had some people who were a bit worried about me but no one was in my face about it and so I was quite I, I was always a little bit bigger at school so the fact that I'd lost weight I was actually kind of okay with it yeah and then and then obviously they were like Anna this isn't good you know I'd lost my period I, I wasn't you know not and healthy. as a female yeah. You know that, yeah, once you lost your period, you can't even reproduce. That's not healthy at all. So I wasn't eating. I was barely eating at all. That was obviously my coping mechanism for what I had going on in my life. And um, and so then I obviously began that process of needing to put on a weight and, and going to see a dietitian and documenting everything I ate. And, and in that process, they want to get, well, the dietitian I had wanted to get me better fast, right? So it was, I need to eat full fat everything and and really have a lot of bad food in terms well, what's considered bad yep. food, high calorie. You know, it was like, Anna, have dessert as often as you can, you know, eat full fat cheese and full fat this and full fat that and indulge in sweets and stuff. So, and I remember her saying to me at the time, she said, believe it or not, people who have an eating disorder or anorexia, you actually find they go the opposite way and they then put on the weight that they need to, but then they go even further. And I, and I thought that was the most ridiculous thing ever. I'm sitting there at 42 kilos thinking, I'm not going to put on that much weight. Come on, yeah. kind of thing. And sure enough, it happened. You know, I, I, I put on the weight and then I went over and, and put on too much. And and that left me after that, you know, obviously I was outside the danger bubble, but that left me with incredible binge eating problems of, yeah. you know, I'd just been eating. I wasn't taught to put it on in a healthy way. I was taught and I eat the bad food, you know, which I hate that saying of what's good and what's bad you know it should be you eat whatever you need to eat you know that makes you your mm. body feel good obviously a balance of everything but yeah incredible binge eating and just bad views towards food you know and, and not knowing how to get out of that and you know that lasted for years after that so yeah now obviously now I'm in a position to help people with their food but but my experience is very different you know when I when I hear people saying good food and bad food and and doing all these diets and stuff like that you know, and it should just be simplified, you know. Yeah. But so, but now, you know, I'm I'm quite good. I, I do I do really look after myself in, in terms of food and but I still do have those habits that still creep in and I need to catch myself and, you know, lose the guilt about it. Yeah, I think um that's very common, food guilt. And um obviously it can come from like both positive and negative aspects like sometimes you need to be you need to tell yourself well how much of this do I need do I eat but often yeah. 
often cutting it out for your whole life is isn't going to be the answer so it is about like you said balance and moderation and yeah and 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 exactly like you know those who do want to diet you do have to think is this is this something that i can keep up for the rest of my life if it isn't then you shouldn't really be doing it you know Mm. but there's but there's a lot to be said for you know the media and marketing and all that sort of stuff that does play on your mind of what you should be doing you know so but when you have been through something like that I guess you you do know how food works and you know that sort of thing but it's actually funny because even after that that experience of mine and putting on all that weight I then tried every diet under the sun to get that weight back off again you know yep like I've done everything absolutely everything so you know fat burning peas and you know stuff that you drink that you know just absolutely ruins everything inside of me but you'll do anything to get that weight back off so yeah just my my journey with eating and food has been quite significant for my age I suppose yeah quite significant and quite extensive but I think to have that experience in the career that you're in is going to be very rare obviously because that experience isn't the most common experience for anyone let alone yeah. now, now you're in a position where you can use it to help people more, either side of the scale. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and a lot of, um, you know, obviously hand in hand with that just comes your own perception of yourself and, you know, and working on your mind and all that sort of self-love that comes into that as well, you know, not mm. just your, your body, but, you know, the way that you actually view your body and, and care for yourself. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like you said, that with me, with the media and marketing, and that's something that Amy and I got into as well. Um, how just one-sided and one one-shaped and one-sized everything is put out to be, and then we wonder why we have a bunch of mental health issues when it comes to um, weight and body image. Absolutely, it's it's scary. It's like fighting a huge yeah. What we have on our hands to fight is just enormous. Mm. You know. And you see it happen, you know, and, and you'll see it, you're, you're seeing it happen by being a trainer as well. You know, the influence that that does have on females and males and mm. you know, the way that they think they need to look or the purpose for their training and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. And then what you can obviously, there, there's positives to everything. And one of the positives is that it means more people are in the gym. So no matter yeah. what, they're, what they're doing it for, more people yeah. are moving their bodies. Um, and then hopefully getting more educated and then hopefully eventually moving their bodies for a better reason. But in the, in the interim, they're at least going to the gym, working out, which is get positive for anybody's health. Obviously you can change yeah, what absolutely. you're doing and how you're doing it for your goals, but moving your body is one of the biggest, most important aspects, especially in a society where we move so much less and less and less with jobs, yeah. with jobs that aren't, that are stationary and, TV and Netflix and games and all of that. So that's one positive to come out of it is it does mean that there Absolutely. are more people in the gym. So Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with that. So you mentioned it before and we've mentioned it before uh, on the podcast. So you work at Epic and Epic, like you've done a lot for the growth of that gym. So like how huge that gym is in the Hawkesbury, for those who don't know, it's a couple of years old. Um, it's a studio gym in in the Hawkesbury in McGrath Hill, and 
I have been going there on and off for those years and the growth is just insane. And the amount of people that go there and know about it and once again, the amount of people whose lives you have, you, have, you and Amo have touched and changed is just such a credit to you guys and such a credit to what you've built. Yeah, thank you. Gosh. Um, and it's so funny because, it, like, you know, as Amy said last, you know, in her episode, the way it came about and all that. But, yeah, it's been going for three years. And, and it's, I mean, like attracts like. So, you know, the people who do come there and, and a lot of it is just being, you know, their friends coming along or someone that they know. And, and it is, you know, it works because, and Amy would have said this as well, there is no, you, you walk in and there is no expectation, you know, you, everyone's, everyone's friendly and, and we're so open as trainers and yeah, there's no hierarchy or anything. Everyone's equal and everyone's just there for a common interest. And it's just incredible. It is. What a word to describe it. It's just incredible. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. yeah, all age groups, all, all different people just training. And like you said, it's sort of a functional style training in a studio boot camp. Um, and it works really well. And you got once again all aspects of people doing all aspects of goals, but one common ground of one common ground, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, you got teenagers in there, like you know, as young as thirteen and fourteen, and then you got you know, ladies and men who are in their sixties, kind of thing. You know, so everywhere in between, all for different reasons, but they all just come there mainly, like we've said, just you know, for their mind space and just to connect with other people. And it's just a very happy place, the same as me, you know, it's just a safe space where you can be you. You might be feeling really shit or you might have the best day ever, but you show up and, and it doesn't even matter, you know. If you're feeling a little bit average, then you're going to guaranteed feel better, you know, after you've come. Yeah, really definitely, cool. definitely. So one one thing you and I have in common and have trained together for and have run together for and I've been dying to be able to talk about on the podcast <laughs> is the enduro. So yeah. let's get into that. Um, so I'm going to explain I'm surprised what it is. that we have waited that long to talk about it. We've really done well. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to explain what it is, and then we're just going to sort of get into it. Okay, so I've, cool. I've mentioned it on here before, and when some turned one of my questions onto me, I answered that this running this event um, – was my greatest achievement. So basically the enduro for those who don't know is an obstacle course race and it's an 11 K loop. And in that loop, you've got 30 obstacles and per lap or per loop, you go over those 30 obstacles. And the aim is to get as many laps as you can get done in 24 hours. So Anna's done it twice. I've done it twice. We've done it. I did it. Then we did it together and then Anna did it. But um, we both love it. Why? Why do we love it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because so many people think, oh, my God, like, are you actually, do you have a death wish? <laughs> I think most people think when we go and do this, right? Yep. Um, and it's just so, like, honestly, like, you know, it, it just the mental, it's the mental side of it more than anything, you know. And I found that as well like you know your body can push your body can push as far as you mentally want to push it and enduro has always been especially the last one a mental game for me you know I, I needed to train my mind more than my body for that event ever you know yeah. so it's yeah it's not it's not for everybody but you know people like myself and you absolutely 
drool at the thought of running for 24 hours and just seeing what happens to us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like it's definitely not for everybody. Um, you and I dragged Amy to one and she did it yeah. like a one lap. Yeah. So basically you can do true grit and that's a one lap of the 11K course um, and it's normally the weekend before the enduro. So it's exactly the same course. And we took Amy um, and she did mm. it. She finished it, obviously no issues. And I don't think she'll yeah. ever do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, took, and this is a, yeah, yeah, sorry, no, you go. Sorry. yeah. So we took Zoe as well and she didn't hate it as yeah. much, but still whether we'll get her out there again, I don't know. But then there's you and I who yeah. will go and do the one lap and then the next weekend go and run and do the enduro <laughs> and try and do as many laps as we can the next weekend. So it's not yeah. for everyone, but we do love it. So. It's not, and it's it's funny because, I mean, we've been doing enduro, I mean, sorry, True Grit for a very long time. Mm. I think I've, like, maybe six, seven years almost kind of thing, like, um, and every year I've taken through people from the gym, like big groups of people from the gym, and, yeah, you see those who, love, you know, love, love it or love the moment of it and then hate it afterwards or those who just don't like it at all. But, yeah, um, yeah it's cool. Yeah, there's all different kinds of, and... The, the athletes that do it are all different sizes, shapes, ages. Like it's an insane event to spectate. And basically absolutely, I did it the first year and then you came and did it with me the second year. And then yeah. due, to a, due to an injury, I was unable to do it. So I came and pit crewed for you and I've seen it from that side. And watching it um, can be just as hard as doing the amount of pain that I could see you were in but basically when we did it together we did five laps and then you went and smashed that the next year and did eight laps so that's that's pretty insane so that's over 80 kilometers and countless like obstacles across the way that and it was mental for you like I could when you cross that finish line the mental relief I don't know I don't even know what you would call it but the yeah outpouring of emotion that happened yeah how was that for you like yeah so I mean just to catch everybody up obviously so we did it together running as solo athletes but we ran alongside each other um for our five laps and and it is it it goes to show the biggest mind game of it because I remember like it was in the you know the depths of the dark of the night when you and I were like oh we don't know if we can keep going and and, and we let our minds slip and, and mm. we were gone kind of thing. We didn't really pick up from that after that. Yeah, that's just one slip up. Yeah, and so that was an amazing experience doing it as because you, you always have someone. Um, but then obviously when I did it myself, because the biggest thing is doing something like this, it really does test your mind and your mind goes to the darkest places ever, as you know from doing it. You know, you doubt everything yep. and you just can't afford to let your mind even go there. And I think that was the biggest thing. I was, as you knew, I was scared we were going to do this one together as well at the start of the year and then you're injured and I had to get my head around doing it myself, by myself. And, you know, you're out in the middle of bushland with a with a head torch on and, and a whistle in case you anything happens to you, you know. So it's, you're really yeah. putting yourself out there and people would think that's crazy. But, yeah, I, 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 did, a, I did a lot of mental prep before before running it myself and just, sitting in things that made me feel uncomfortable and, and I did a lot of reading and just about pushing through it. And with that, the biggest thing is I just didn't let my mind even doubt what I was doing, you know, like you knew. And I was 
so lucky to have you and have someone in my pit who knew exactly what I was going through and, and to make sure that I, to reassure me what I was doing and just not doubt me, which nobody did in my pit. My pit was amazing. Um, but yeah, I never let my mind think for two seconds about what I was doing. Like, you know, in my pit stops, I quickly changed my shirt or whatever. And I left again with food in my hand and I never allowed myself to sit down and think too much about what I was doing. I was like, no, I'm just going, 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 going. And then that relief at the end, because I was actually like, oh my God, I actually did it. Like, I actually did eight laps as well. Like I actually was far beyond what I ever thought I could ever do myself. Mm. And my physical training going up, like wasn't too different. Like I'm very much signed up for something and I just do it. I don't really put in as much training as a lot of the athletes out there. And I think that was the only difference was my mind was in a different spot to theirs. You know, you could have done double the training and, and all that sort of stuff. But if your head isn't where it needs to be at that time, it just, you know, makes it. 100%. There are so many different trees of conversations that I can take from that. But yeah. I think like one of them is the, the mental aspect is un, like you, you cannot uh, highlight how significant that is. You, like from mm-hmm. the point where you will be sore, but you can't acknowledge the pain. Like that was one, I think yeah. one problem that we had was that we yeah. acknowledged how sore our feet were and we acknowledged like that we, our feet were bleeding and all yeah. of that. And you can't. You totally. Because then no. your, bra- your brain goes, yeah, that's right. My foot is sore. And your your brain yeah. just goes to that pain. Like you, you cannot acknowledge. You can hardly even acknowledge Anything. what you're doing. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And and it's and that's why, like as you know, I I went. I think I went five or six laps, and I didn't even get changed. I didn't change my mm. shoes. Didn't even change what I was wearing because I was like, I I'm, I'm going to get wet on the next lap, and I'm going to you know my shoes are going to get wet straight away. And I was just like, I'm just going to sit in this, and I'm just going to keep moving regardless yeah. of you know how much I stank by the end. And he's like, you stink, mate. And I was like, mate, you just got to do what you got to do. Yeah, that's that's the... You just can't afford to acknowledge what's happening, right? No, and that's the game. You just got to get through. Yeah. That is 100% the game. Now, you got second, right? Yeah. So In your age and, group. and this is such a funny story, yeah. So, and <laughs> because I, I didn't really... I remember in that last lap and I was really just trying to get it done. Obviously, by then, I just wanted to fit, like cross the finish line. I remember like quite an old guy, there's all different age groups and quite an old guy going, how many are you done? And I said, I'm on my eighth. And he goes, oh, you, you're really traveling pretty good. I think you might've placed. And I just thought, oh, are you kidding me? Like, surely not. Obviously you're in that much pain and you can barely walk and you're just thinking of placing. Anyway, and so we, you know, we finished and, you know, had a quick shower and, and um, we just headed off and, and it ended up being that I got second. <laughs> you know, there was a big podium there and you got awarded your medal and all that. And I was, I wasn't there for any of, uh, of a, I wasn't even, I was there for myself, not for a placing. Mm, yeah. So I just didn't even think about that. And off we packed and off we went and, you know, then I get told that that's the case and that was amazing. Yeah, that's you awesome. Know? And you got your medal. Oh. I sent it to you, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah I did. But it just, yeah, it was funny because, it, yeah, it was such a, a personal achievement for mine that nothing mattered. The timing didn't matter. Anything didn't matter. I just went into that knowing I want to stay out there for the whole 24 hours no matter what I get, I just want to still be moving when that, you know, that time it goes. And, and you know, that time it went not long after I finished that last lap. Yeah, you, you, you timed that last lap perfectly, I think. And it was sort of shows where we, the whole pit was. Like none of us were thinking about 
pl- you placing or any of any no of the way. other people that were running placing we were like awesome you've done it like it was a positive thing it was an awesome thing a happy thing and it was sort of yeah cool we'll pack up and i'd drive you home <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> instead of having you on the podium Oh, it's it's just it's a funny story, and I'm glad it happened because I I like laughing about that mm. kind of part of it. And, but it also gets me excited for obviously next year. You know, they've announced the date for that, and and thinking, oh my god, like if I could do that again, you know, or just you know to go beyond what I've already gone, mm. um, that would be so cool. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Um, next year they've said it's in March again. So yeah, previously it was always on the June long weekend, so it got really cold in the middle cold, of the night. Yeah. So. That was one reason why you were able to continue on in those oh, clothes for so long definitely. was because of the weather. Yeah. So it'll be good to have yeah. that dry, warm course again, which it sounds stupid Absolutely. that we're saying it's good to run 11Ks in the heat. But when you're getting to zero degrees in the nighttime, mm. definitely and you're would rather through be warm. And, yeah, exactly. And I remember when we did it together and, and I, 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 my body was that swollen because it was so cold. Mm. that I, well, I couldn't I, my wetsuit I couldn't even keep my wetsuit on so I did that lap with half a wetsuit on and just yeah. sports bra because I was so swollen but I couldn't get my wetsuit on so you know once you're out there you're out there you can't be like oh I just need to quickly change it is what it is and that's how you run you know mm. even yeah, one the- time my torch my headlight ran out and oh, thank god right. I was with you because I couldn't it was you know one o'clock in the morning and my headlight mm. was gone and you know we were halfway through a lap and thank god you had yours on yeah, definitely. Um, and it's one of those things. You make that you make the decisions that you make at the beginning of the eleven K lap and those decisions yeah. are great or haunt you. Or haunt you, but yeah, you li- you have to live with them for that for at least that lap. So Yeah. One of the things that I'll never forget from our the one that we ran together was we were yeah. walking at one point, it would have been well after midnight, probably one or two o'clock in the morning. Got our head head torches on, tottering along, talking absolute <laughs> gibberish. I would just yeah. look up at the um, mountains that we're walking up and down, and we're looking at these lights. And I just like, I wonder what those lights could be like. It like it. I thought it was a someone's caravan or something with lights on. Like, and it was yeah. just it was people running the same event than yeah. us. We had just come from there, but your brain is just in such a survival mode uh yeah you're not using any energy that you don't have to use that you couldn't even comprehend that those are people and they're moving and (laughs) a hundred percent the amount of things that we saw that weren't even there you know because you're so disoriented that you actually see things that aren't there you know you Mm. think that that's you know some sort of animal or something and it's just a tree or something like yep the the fatigue of the mind is incredible you know you think oh my God, the pain of your body, but your mind is just, you're putting it through the most stressful situation potentially ever you could put it through, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think um, like even doing the pit crew, because I stayed up the 24 hours. So then I was there whenever your laps came through. My mind fatigued insanely just being awake for the 24 hours, let alone, and like I said, I've seen both sides have done the event and not slept for the 24 hours. and. But it, your your mind does some crazy things. <laughs> oh, it's so it's so powerful, and and a lot of the things that I thought in that race is, you know, you look back on what you've been through previously in your life or something, and you think, if I can do that, I can do this, you know, mm. like 
it's so you, your mind can do anything anything you want it to and I think that's what I like to tell people is just don't be limited by what you think that you can do like just push and your mind just grows and what you can do is incredible yeah definitely and I think we're all guilty of it even oh 100% you can run an enduro and then that next gym session is too hard yeah (laughs) and we all know that will be how it is when we go back to the gym we'll be like oh that's so hard and then everyone be like guys you just run 24 hours but it's hard right now that's (laughs) right and it's hard right now and that's like you said, the mental tri- mental stuff that you have to work on to be able to then do it. Yeah, 100%. Now, why did you decide to do it? Why did I decide to do it? Yeah, the first um, time. Just because I, the first time. I mean, it will always be uh, something I, I live my life by this and it's that you do not grow if you're in your comfort zone growth lies outside your comfort zone so a lot of the stuff that I do and I do do you know a lot of those like I do do a lot of obscure racing and and runs and you know a whole lot of stuff Mm. that that yeah push outside what's comfortable you know and that is how you grow in life you know even if it doesn't need to be fitness related but you know something that's in your life that scares you or a direction that you're going in go there and and you'll grow from it you know never just sit in what's comfortable Anything that's challenging will will give you lessons one way or another. Oh, and and just and grow, you know who you are. So that's always and that's the reason I do almost anything, you know, in my life is because you know I want to see what I am capable of, and and I'm so excited to see, you know, once the world opens up, what I can actually do, you know, races and stuff like that. There's so much that I want to do, and mm. I'm excited for the mental push of that. Yeah, definitely. I think it's. And if you if you don't do it for that the first time, you do it. You you go back for that. Totally, totally. And it always it's fun, it's a funny thing too because you know after that first time I did it, I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do this again. But just <laughs> just as, just as a first thought afterwards in the pain and all that, but give yeah. it a couple of days and then registration opens and you're like, I'm signing up for that. Yeah, no again. doubt. We have um someone in our in our pit, Adam, who says yeah. that every year. Every single yeah. year, the race is yeah. over, and he's like, "No, nah, I'm done. I'm too old. I'm this. I'm that." And yeah. then the, ne- the next week, he posts the link in the group chat to say, "Hey, tickets are on sale." Yeah, <laughs> I know, and it's and and in a sense, it's almost not an addictive thing, but a little bit like, oh yeah, yeah, I would, a little I bit would of an addictive thing, is. a bit like how the gym is. That like, that's how what that is for us, you know. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We, we thrive off the feeling of that yeah 100 i am massively addictive personality and <laughs> yeah. that comes with positive and negatives all over the place but one positive is obviously yeah. the gym, and then another one is those, those races it's definitely addictive and getting that like euphoric feeling at the end of it whether it even at the end mm-hmm. of a one lap or at the end of a, an enduro is like it's you can't replicate it Absolutely. And this is the thing, like, every, everyone has their own level of hard, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, for one person who's never put themselves in that situation and they do, you know, something that scares them, it, irregardless of whether it's 24 hours or, you know, one hour of a gym session that's hard for them, that's incredible, you know, and it should never yeah. be a measure of, you know, no, the, 
the the bigness of what you're doing it's always just if you've done something that scared you then that's amazing you know yeah that's right and I think um like even when you run a race or whatever you still get a very similar feeling after the gym like and I think yeah 100%. Like, like you said ability or what you can and can't do if you yeah if you've done something challenging that feeling is exactly the same and it's just it's yeah. addictive. it's addictive to me anyway yeah yeah and myself as well yeah that's right yeah. so after everything that we've just spoken about this may yeah. be an obvious question but it may not be you may throw it out of the park and give me something completely different so i don't know what is your greatest yeah. achievement uh see I, and i well, obviously i knew you were gonna ask this because you do ask this yep. um but it's it it truly would be and I, I feel like i have so many stories to tell and so much stuff that's happened in my life and i feel like we could be on a podcast for hours and hours and hours <laughs> but truly would be who i am right now yep um would be my biggest achievement and growing from things that I've been through, you know, whether it's, you know, putting myself in a situation like a race like that or actually things that, you know, were out of my control that happened to me in my life um, that have moulded me into who I am and then, and then, yeah, being proud of who I am and being in a position to have influence over other people and, and better their life, you know, in, in a small way or a big way kind of thing. Mm, definitely. I think that's, um, yeah. yeah, just an awesome part of your job and oh absolutely one that matches your personality so well so it's just such a cohesive part of your life yeah totally well i think we're gonna sum up there and i have so much appreciation for you coming on the show and doing this with me we've been talking about it like i said with some and amy we've been talking about this for so long (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, it's another one of those things where it, it scares you to, to take off and do it. I and mean, look at you, you've done it and we're sitting here on a call and it's happening. Yeah. It's oh, crazy and amazing that you've done that. Yeah, the fir- it's the first step. Like that first step took me two years and now it's taken yeah. me like a month and a half to get out six episodes. So, Which is amazing. It's, and and it, it is amazing. And, and it, you know, for anyone that is listening, you know, if you want to do something, you know, just take that first step and then the rest just happens, you know? Yeah, definitely. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. And it is. It's, but you have to realize that first step is the hardest. And absolutely. It can take you two years. It can take yeah. you, like, whether it be to do some, start something that you want to start or to get to the gym. Like, yeah. we spoke about it last week. It took me however long to convince mum to get to the gym. Yeah. And, then she was going more often than I was and she's missing it more than anyone I know. Yeah. But, but yep. that first step can take different amount of times for different people. Yeah. And, it yeah. and it's hard. It's so hard, but it's so worth it. So hard. Yeah. So hard. But yeah, good on you. That's so cool. Well, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> no, I really appreciate it. So where can people find your you've got a coaching page on instagram as well uh, i do and it's funny that you say that because i don't actually know what it is i think i'm just under anna tomlinson cool with an underscore at the end yeah, yeah that sounds right um, and yeah that'll that's be, instagram and that'll be spelt on the name of this episode anyway so they can yeah cool spell your name there 
And the gym yeah, is yeah. at Epic Life Fitness. Yeah, you got it. And you can see all photos of people loving working out and any specials <laughs> or whatever that they might be running. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're in the area, give them a follow and we will um, wrap it up there. Sounds good. Thank so, you. No, thanks thank for listening. Yeah, that's you right. Listen. Thanks for everyone who's listening. <laughs> I have to listen to you. I don't have a choice. <laughs> so thanks for listening to episode six of Talking Hit with Joel Pamplin. And please leave a like, review, or subscribe. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at Talking Hit. That's hit with two eyes. And don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And until next time, keep talking hit. <laughs>